This episode is sponsored by Product Board. Get the right products to market faster with Product Board. Product Board is the product management system that helps you understand what users need, prioritize what to build, and rally everyone around your roadmap. Yeah, you can also monitor progress towards launch while earning colleagues trust and engaging your customer community. Join the product to product experience today by starting your free trial at productboard.com or launching your free customer feedback portal. This is part three of our special five-part Rocketship.fm miniseries with 14-year Google veteran and product coach Ken Norton. Throughout these five episodes, Ken Norton is taking your questions, your challenges, your issues, and he's giving his take on how to address them. We've already heard two challenges. So if you're just starting the miniseries now, you may want to go back to part one and start from the beginning. Yeah, this mini-series is to celebrate the upcoming virtual edition of Industry, the product conference, where we'll have two days of keynotes, interactive discussions, one-on-one video networking, small group roundtables, even a magic show from True TV's Michael Carbonaro of the Carbonaro Effect. I'll even be there speaking myself, and I definitely hope to see you there. You could just go to industryconference.com slash virtual, uh, but be sure to use the code ROCKETSHIP, because if you do, you'll save $40 off of your pass. Again, that's industryconference.com slash virtual, and the code is ROCKETSHIP. Well, we've got another challenge to tee up to Ken, don't we? Yes, we do, and this challenge involves product roadmaps. Ah, yes. Creating the perfect product roadmap. That can be tough. Yeah. And it's especially tough when you're not even involved in the process. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) We'll get into it. Uh, First, let's cue the intro. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We're your hosts, Michael Saka and Mike Belsito. Okay, you started to hint at today's challenge. You mentioned that it was all about product roadmaps, but the person submitting the challenge isn't actually involved in creating the product roadmap itself. Yes, that is right, Michael, but I better not give away the entire challenge. It's better for you to hear it for yourself. So today's challenge is actually coming from Chelsea. Chelsea's a fairly experienced senior product manager at a large e-commerce company. Here's her challenge. The product roadmap at my company is developed in a very top-down approach. Individual product managers seem to have very little say in the process. I've brought this up before to my boss, but it's sort of fallen on deaf ears. How can individual contributors like me have a better shot at getting heard and having a seat at the table with strategic initiatives like developing our product roadmap? A tough one for sure. Yes, but hey, that's why we have Ken Norton by our side. Ken's probably heard challenges like this quite a few times, either in his career at Google or in the portfolio companies of GV, Google Ventures, where Ken served as product partner. Here's Ken with his take on this one. Chelsea, this is a tough one, and I definitely empathize because I think this is a situation that uh, gets to the root of what I think is a pretty fundamental schism in in product management across industry. And and that is really the difference between empowered product teams and and product teams that aren't empowered. And uh, Marty Kagan uh, has has written a lot about this and he uses the term feature team versus product team. And a, a feature team are largely building what they're being told to build. Like their their job is to build stuff the business needs and wants. And feature teams are measured by output, right? Are you building the stuff we asked you to build or not? 
And are you building it at the level we want you to build it? On the other hand, product teams are are empowered. They care more about outcomes. They're they're challenged by the business to solve problems, but they're given the ability and the flexibility to decide the best way to, to solve those problems. And that means those teams are empowered not to build the stuff the business asks, but to solve the problems the business wants them to solve. And if you look across the industry, winning products are built by empowered product teams. Like the companies that we admire, Facebook, Google, Apple, Amazon, these are empowered product teams. That's how you build winning products, by hiring great people, empowering them, and letting them do it. And there's a big divide in the industry, and, and I would I would encourage Chelsea to read uh, Marty Kagan's new book, Empowered, which is very specifically around this. And that is, some organizations fundamentally believe that this is the way you build winning products, and others don't. And it sounds like Chelsea is in one of the environments that doesn't, and and you know maybe more of a, a feature team type role. And it's possible to transform organizations, and 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 I think Marty and and the people he works with will will tell you again and again great stories of and use cases of companies realizing that they want to become more empowered and 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 effectively doing that. But it has to come from the top, right? It has to be championed by the the CEO. There has to be. A, a real sense of transformation. It's not something where PMs can kind of keep begging their managers for, for more empowerment. It's just a fundamental cultural shift in an organization. And so, I, and I think this is what Chelsea is bumping up against, right? Because Chelsea keeps asking her manager, you know, I, I need I need to more control over, I, need, I want my team to be more empowered. I want to build products this way. And it's falling on deaf ears because that's not how this company builds products. That's the company thinks about this role and that's not how the company thinks about how stuff gets done. And so my advice for Chelsea would be, does this seem like this is something that the company could fundamentally transform on? What does the CEO think? Uh, is the CEO willing to understand the necessity of this? Is the CEO willing to put his or her gravitas and credibility on the line to undergo this transformation? What does the board think? How is the CEO measured? What is the board asking the CEO to do? How is the company thinking about its future and its performance? And if the CEO is on board and wants to change, I think it's, it's possible. It's still very hard. I, I may be more skeptical than, than others you know, of, of the success rate of these types of transformations. But there's very little that Chelsea's going to be able to do. And, and I think this is what she's bumping up against is it's just it's impossible to to try to change the world from from the inside when you're at the level of a product manager that doesn't have the sense of empowerment uh, to be able to build products the way you want. It's all about being empowered. Great product teams are ones that are empowered. Ken references Marty Kagan's new book with that very title, Empowered. It sounds like Chelsea's entire company should read that book. Well, if they were coming to industry virtual, they could actually get a copy of that book included with their pass. Uh, but Marty Kagan is uh, one of the keynotes for giving that copy that Ken mentioned to every Conference Plus pass holder. Ah, well, that's great. Of course, aside from forcing her team to attend industry <laughs> virtual, what else can Chelsea do? Well, first, really take a hard look at her organization to understand how they approach product. Because this might give a sign as to whether there's even a possibility for change here. And how do you do that exactly? Well, here's Ken's answer to that. Marty articulates a bunch of these uh, in Empowered, but I think part of it is just what is the role of technology? How does the company see the role of technology? Do they see it as a means to an end? 
as a cost center? You know, do they do they call it IT or do they call it technology? Uh, or do I or do they see it as a vehicle for innovation? Uh, and 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 part of that will come out as you as you even just think about who who engineers report to. You know, they report to a CIO who's 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 you know thinking of it as a cost center, or do they report up to you know a CTO or somebody who's in a more strategic position? Uh, the role of product leadership. You know, are these product leaders that uh, have you know, have good reputations, have built strong products, have come from these types of environments, um, have credibility in the organization, you know, report directly to a CEO, you know, have the, you, you see them on stage when companies are presenting their, their upcoming product lines, or, or are they somehow subservient to a sales function or a sales organization? Um, I think asking questions around just like, hey, you know, talk me through a recent launch. Like, how did that, how did you decide to build that? Like, what, you know, was there, a bunch of user discovery and you know a, a, a cross-functional team of, of product designers and researchers and PMs and engineers who figured out what the right problem was to solve and figured out the right feature to solve it and launched it, or was it you know sales prioritized it top on the list and and it was just the next feature that we went down? Uh, that that'll give you some indication of some of this, and I think you're best equipped to be able to evaluate good cultures when you've been in a one that's not good because you know what you don't want. Like in my sense is that if Chelsea reaches a decision that, you know, Hey, it's time to look for something new. Um, they'll have a bunch of great questions to ask because they'll know what they're trying to avoid and what was about their current environment that just wasn't a great place. for them. So how is technology referred to within the company? Is it called product or is it called IT? Is it seen as a valuable asset or is it more of a cost center? Sometimes you can only truly tell how much the organization values technology and product from leadership, right? The CEO is usually the one who is really setting the bar within the company and people follow the CEO's direction on this. But especially in a large organization, when you're an individual contributor, might it be sometimes tough to get to the CEO and hear it from them directly? I actually asked Ken about that. Yeah, that's hard. And and I think is part of what will be indicative of whether there will be success here or not. Right. Is, is, does, is it, you know, 16 layers of management and you, you only see the, the CEO and, you know, quarterly all hands and you have no idea what's, what's driving them, what's going through their mind. That may be the case in, in which case, you know, it's going to be very, very hard to make this happen. Uh, and I, and I think that in that case, there's, there's two approaches, you know, one is you, you recognize that this is the way this company works and the way this company operates. And you look to create, an, you know, as much of an oxygen bubble as you can. That's kind of a, a term that I like to use is, you know, try to create as much space as you can to be as effective as you think you can be in this type of environment. Um, you know, with your manager, trying to get a little bit more control over the roadmap, trying to create small wins for your team, uh, you know, vocalizing strategic initiatives you'd like to undertake. Uh, you'll, you'll probably have very limited success, but if you're... If your goal is to make this environment as tolerable as possible and, and, and continue to work here, then that would be one approach. Uh, the other approach is leave. And, and, I, and I understand that is a very hard tack to take, uh, particularly in this environment. It's not easy to say, well, just quit, you know, go find a new job. That may not be in the cards. Um, but if it is, there are ways you can understand whether your new home is in a more empowered place or not. And, and I recently wrote in a newsletter, like just some questions you could ask and some, some glimpses you can get into when you're interviewing or looking at a new company. Is this the kind of place that's going to allow me to succeed the way I want to succeed? Is this the kind of place that empowers product teams? 
to solve problems on behalf of the business, or this is the kind of place where I'm just going to be handed a list of features and told to build them and build them faster. So two paths here. You either create an oxygen bubble, as Ken puts it, understanding what you're up against and not just living with it, but strategically navigating the landscape and doing the best you can to succeed. And path two is you leave and find the place that does value product the way that you do, uh, a place that truly empowers their product people. And Chelsea, that may not be what you want to hear. The truth is, this isn't a magic answer that's going to instantly change things for the better. So you can create that oxygen bubble, but it may end up that the right place for you isn't where you're at today. I asked Ken for his final thoughts on this one, and here's what his final takeaway was for you, Chelsea. I think the main takeaway is companies can change. They can transform. They be can, can become more empowered. But it has to happen from the top. It has to be driven by the CEO. It, and it has to be a fundamental shift that the entire company is on board with. Otherwise, you're tilting at windmills or you're trying to create small space where you can innovate as much as possible. Uh, but it's going to be very, very difficult to transform an organization from within. Chelsea, again, while there are no magic answers, we do hope that hearing Ken's advice can help you navigate this just a little bit. But we do hope that you can find your space where you're at. It's always great when you can overcome a big challenge. And speaking of challenges, we have two more challenges to dissect with Ken Norton. These episodes are actually available right now, so feel free to binge the rest of the series. And you'll hear more from us when you do. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network, and if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.